confidence doesn't just come all at once. Sometimes it comes from doing something really well and you become good at it and you know you're good at it and you believe you're good at it and people tell you you're good at it. But sometimes it comes with making small decisions every day and just repeating it until that habit becomes second nature. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that empowers professional women to rise. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and in this show, I take you undercover into the stories and lessons that I learned, sometimes the hard way, throughout my career. I also talk with working women, leaders, and coaches to show you that no matter what your struggle is and no matter what your career goals are, you already have all the talent that you need to succeed. Hello, welcome to the show. If you are new here, welcome. This is a podcast for working women. And if you've been listening for a while, welcome back. It is so good to have you as always. I've been really excited to share this conversation with you. This is an interview that I had on a different podcast hosted by the incredible woman that you heard in the opening quote. Her name is Dree. She is a voiceover artist and she just exudes authentic, powerful energy and confidence, which I personally, whenever I talk to women who are like that, I just try to be a sponge and soak in that energy because it just makes me happy and I love it. But this was a really fun conversation. I came on her podcast to talk about improv acting because she's in the performing arts space and she's a performer as a voiceover artist and kind of how that connects back to confidence. But As we got deeper into the conversation, we kind of zoomed out and talked about confidence as a much broader topic and even in the context of our careers and our professional lives and how it can be challenging to grow our confidence and evolve and work through whatever self-confidence challenges we are encountering. And I thought that this might really benefit some of you who are listening to the show who are still on that journey, I think, as we all are on that journey of figuring out how to unlock the fullness of everything that we are in our professional lives. It's something that we all want to do. It's something that can be very, very challenging. And I actually believe that it's something that we'll always be working on. It's not that we'll never get to where we want to be. And it's not that we'll always be struggling. I just think that building confidence is the unpeeling and unfolding of an infinite number of layers. Because as we evolve, we're able to grow into something bigger and step into bigger challenges. And that's why I titled this episode The Never-Ending Journey, because I think that takes some of the pressure off while also reminding us that it can be a little bit of a mysterious journey. We don't know how it'll end. And sometimes when we're working on ourselves and trying to grow and trying to build confidence, we don't exactly know how it's going to turn out. And that's part of the challenge. And that's something that we need to work through as well. A special thanks to Doree for having me on her show. If you enjoy this conversation, definitely check out her podcast, Kicking It With Doree, which I will link in the show notes. And with that, let's get into the conversation. And I hope you enjoy it. How is it that you kind of foster, especially with your podcast, The Art of Speaking Up, how do you help foster for women 
how you can become more confident by speaking up because speaking up entails so many things in our lives, not just performance, but being on the stage of life at work and, you know, maybe in your relationship. Yeah, it's huge. And I think that's kind of why that show name really resonated with me because I it was inspired by struggles that I had at the start of my career with confidence and feeling you know, like I maybe wasn't good enough or I didn't belong, not feeling confident in my job and in the workplace. And it really coalesced in these little moments where I had something to say or a question and I would be so afraid to share it because it felt like I was showing so much and putting so much on the line. And I wasn't really, but in the moment it felt that way. And I think that what I try to message to women is no matter where you are, it's it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling. And it's okay if you're struggling with speaking up. And it's okay if you're questioning your ideas and you're questioning whether you're good enough or whether you belong. You have to accept that and show yourself compassion through that struggle. Because I think often when we're feeling that way, especially for my audience, which is working women, I think when we're feeling that way, we really start beating ourselves up because we know we shouldn't be feeling that way or that's the story that we tell ourselves. And then when we start beating ourselves up, we unfortunately, I think, make the problem even worse. We kind of feed into the vortex of our self-consciousness by creating this story or this cycle that we're not good enough and therefore we're not feeling bold and brave and that's because we're not good enough and it, it can really snowball and feed on itself. And so what I really try to message to women is – it doesn't really matter how you're feeling. That's okay. And in fact, growth and development and particularly building strength doesn't happen in the moments where you're feeling confident. It doesn't happen in the moments where you're feeling amazing and bold. It does happen in those really, really challenging moments where you revisit this feeling or you revisit this struggle. Maybe you've been there a lot of times and then suddenly there's this one time and you're in that moment revisiting it and you're able to pause and get some space and maybe even see the situation a little bit differently. So maybe you don't quite have the courage to speak up yet, but you're like, oh, I'm having a moment where I'm feeling really self-conscious. Let me just breathe through this moment and try not to judge myself. And then maybe you do that a 100 times. And then the 101st time, you're like, I think I feel courageous enough to actually share the thing that I want to share and speak up. So it's really about recognizing that that discomfort is your chance to grow. It's the moment and the instance where the growth is going to start. And what I think what we have to do in those moments is try to really slow things down and see if we can do that enough to prevent the self-judgment from overtaking us and really running the show when we're in those moments of struggle. Yeah. I think that part of what you're saying there requires that you are aware. You have to be really aware of those feelings that you're having, you know, whatever those triggers are, whatever those moments are, and not ignore them. Sometimes we feel something uncomfortable, you know, some of those things you just mentioned, and we just push it off to the side. We don't worry about it. We try not to think about it, or we think too much. But whatever mm -hmm. you do, you have to be aware that that feeling is there, that something is not right. Either something's not right with the situation, something's not right with the way that person spoke to you, something's not right th with the way that you're feeling about yourself. Because that whole thing of not enoughness is very prevalent 
And there's a lot of people that can understand that, you know, we as women go through this all day, every day. And when we can lean on each other, when we have someone to be able to talk to about these things and not just let it marinate in our minds, we don't want to turn over these things in our minds too much. You know, you want to bounce some of these things off of someone that's trusted. It may or may not be someone in the workplace. You think about back to entertainment, you think about the way the TV shows are structured, especially in prime time. And it's like the same people live together, work together, sleep together, do everything together. And that's not real life. You know, we're not coming home and going to the bar, doing all this stuff with the same four or five people. That's just not real life. So you need to pick people, I think, that you can talk to about these things when something's going on at work or something's going on in your relationship and it's causing you to lose confidence or second guess yourself about certain things. So I appreciate that point. That's really, really good. So I believe, as you do, that anyone can learn to become confident, you know, no matter what, no matter what you've started off with, no matter what you are working with, as they say, you know, whatever you bring to the table and you can build on it. How do you focus on that when it comes to your podcast and when it comes to your friendships, you know, as far as encouraging women? Yes. So when it comes to building confidence, the interesting thing is that my podcast hits on the topic of confidence a lot. And I also talk about leadership. And interestingly enough, the way that I see building confidence within yourself is actually very parallel to the way that I view becoming a leader. And you can become a leader in any space, not just the nine to five space. The world needs leaders across so many different areas. And so The way that I think about it is there are kind of two ways you can be in the world and there are two ways you can respond, particularly when you're struggling or when something difficult is coming up. You can kind of look at the situation and see the problem and see the things that aren't working and get very locked up and fixated on those variables that are clashing or the thing that's difficult, whether it's your own sense of confidence in the way you're feeling or whether you're working on a project and you're stuck. It's a It's a similar analogy, but you can kind of focus on what isn't working and get stuck in that. Or you can open your mind. It's kind of just like opening up a book and like the light is pouring out, but you can start to see solutions and you can look at the challenges, but you're not just seeing them in a vacuum. You're seeing all of the possibilities around them for change and improvement. And it's a solution-oriented way of looking at the world that really helps you not get paralyzed when something difficult comes up or when you encounter a problem. And so if you're trying to build your own self-confidence, if you're finding yourself feeling really, really stuck, the frame of mind you want to get into is what might work, what can I test, what can I try, what's possible, what could be possible – Even if you're not finding the solution right away, the path to the solution is through openness and experimentation. And if you don't allow that openness to come in, you will stay stuck in that place of things not working. And that's one way that you can approach building your own confidence and really working on your own skills and the way you feel and the way you show up in the world. And it's also something that makes you an incredible leader because leaders are able to solve problems. They're able to lead other people through solving problems because they are seeing those solutions and they're kind of holding in their minds the vision of how things could be better and how things can improve. And they can use that vision to help the people around them and really move the project forward or move the cause forward, whatever it might be. So it really is like a lens that you put on to look at the world and you can use it 
in so many different situations. And it's very, very powerful. And so I, I like to talk about that a lot because I think once you start to develop that toolkit and once you start to develop that ability to see solutions and not become paralyzed by problems or not give up in the face of problems or not get really, really discouraged in the face of problems, it gives you this enormous power to take risks and move forward because you're not necessarily so afraid of things not being perfect and you're not necessarily afraid of running into problems or obstacles because you see that as part of the process and you believe in your ability to tackle it and your ability to get through it to the other side. Yeah. You, you said a lot right there. <laughs> There's, I'm going to let you take a, a little break there, take some breath. Um, I think that when people are learning how to use this confidence muscle um, and, you know, trying to see solutions and all those things you were just talking about, I think one of the things you've got to do is take baby steps. If this is not something that's you right now, if you're not terribly assertive or anything and you want to get there, I think you've got to take baby steps with it. Confidence doesn't just come all at once. Sometimes it comes from doing something really well and you become good at it and you know you're good at it and you believe you're good at it and people tell you you're good at it. But sometimes it comes with making small decisions every day and just repeating it until that habit becomes second nature. You know, it depends on what we're talking about. So I think that's super, super valuable. And one of the things that I thought about, I just actually finished listening to this really short audiobook by, well, all his books are short, uh, Seth mm-hmm. Godin. Um, he just have, I think I just, I just was on a trip to New York and I was listening to this audiobook that he did that's called Leap First, Creating Work That Matters. And it was actually a different kind of audiobook because it was about two hours, but it was like, he he was live on stage and you could like hear the audience in the Hmm. background reacting. And one of the things that he said that I thought about when you were speaking just now, um, he said, anxiety is nothing but experiencing failure in advance. Hmm. You can't contemplate an idea that something might work with the thought that something won't work at the same time. So when you get an idea Okay. And you automatically, your inclination normally, your natural inclination is, oh, that'll never work. You've already defeated yourself. But if you think about, you know what? Well, this could work. This might work. Then you have opened yourself up to so many more possibilities. You're not cutting yourself off. And so when you talked about, you mentioned that phrase of, you know, things that might work, you got to try things. You know, we don't have to put everything in two categories of, This is successful. This is failure. This is successful. This is failure. Everything that we're doing, we're growing and learning when you're talking about anything in life. Oh, for sure. And I also think that that gray area is where all the power lies. Like we love to label things. And I think as humans, we have a need for clarity and we want to know success or failure. Like, tell me, is it A or B? And actually, We need to sit in that gray area for a while when we're dealing with something difficult because by nature it's difficult, which means we're going to be testing things and trying to find the solution for a while. And if we can't be comfortable in that space of this isn't success and this isn't failure, we're not going to be able to stay in it long enough to actually get to the outcome and to get to the success. But it it does go against our instincts a lot of the time because we want that clarity. We want the answer. We want to know what's going to happen. And there's kind of a certain faith that you have to have and a certain resilience to be like, 
I'm in this gray area and I'm just staying in it, even though it's so uncomfortable and I, I want to stop because at least if I stop, I know where I am. Even if, even if stopping means it's a failure, at least I'm not in this weird gray area where I have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of us don't like not knowing where this is headed. <laughs> we want to know the answer. We want to know where is this going, you know, with anything. Um, people use that term when they're, when they're talking about relationships, but, you know, any kind of endeavor any goal you're trying to do, a lot of times if you don't see movement, if you don't think you're progressing, it's very uncomfortable in that gray area. Um, Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned baby steps. And I think that that's really important because I think sometimes I think there can be a resistance to baby steps because it means that we're going to have to take a lot of them to get to the thing that we want. And that's scary because that's, again, more time in the gray area. And I think similar to the gray area, it takes courage to be comfortable with those baby steps knowing that, hey, I'm going to be at this for a while and I'm not going to see success for a while and I'm going to stay with it and I'm going to take all the baby steps even if I need to take a 100 of them. and Even if that's going to take me a year or more, I'm still going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to be committed. You know, that we always talk about in business – consistency, you know, and progress. And when we're not consistent, which, you know, happens to the best of us, then those baby steps do take a lot longer. Now it's not baby steps. Now it's baby crawls. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. But even uh, that takes a certain level of confidence to say, like, I'm starting so small, and I'm not going to beat myself up over that. I'm just going to move forward. Like, that's what true confidence is, is looking at where you are and just taking that first tiny step. Talk to me about the concept of failing. I have heard this term, you know, fail forward or fail up. Why is it important for us to be willing to fail? Yeah. So if we're not willing to fail, we're living in the world of control, which is kind of similar to what we discussed earlier. I'm trying to control the improv scene. But because I'm trying to control, I'm not able to show up fully because I'm not willing to take any risks. I'm not willing to do anything out of the box. And so what you're doing is you're playing in a limited space. And I think a lot of us actually get stuck there because we figure out what we're good at. We figure out what we know how to do. And it's tempting to just do that over and over and over and never venture out and kind of feel the friction and the pain of being bad at something or something being hard or even failing at something. But again, you can't really grow if you're not being challenged in some way. So it's sort of like we can't have our cake and eat it too. And I think through failure is where you get your most profound insights. And you also get those deepest moments of connection with yourself when maybe you feel the disappointment or the shame and you just sit with that for a minute. And that really strengthens who you are because you realize like, oh, yeah, that did feel really crappy. Like that didn't turn out how I wanted to, but I'm okay. I didn't like totally like beat myself up over it. I kind of just stuck with it and I tried to be kind to myself. And Once you know that you can get through that and once you know that you're going to be on your own side, like you're going to cheerlead for yourself as opposed to like beating yourself up, that really gives you a lot of courage to then go into these higher stakes situations because you're like, okay, I know if I fail, I'm not going to make it mean this horrible thing about me and I'm not going to like put myself through all this torture because that happened. I'm just going to kind of give myself credit for learning and trying, and then I'm going to take what I learned and move it into the next stage. So I think 
failure is so important and it is really scary and it does require a lot of openness for sure. Yeah, that was really, really profound what you just said, because it leads into another really good point about having a strong relationship with yourself. Talk about that importance of your relationship with yourself and how that contributes to your level of confidence and your progress. Yeah, so I think that's at the center of almost anything related to self-confidence and self-esteem. And for me, it's something that I've constantly been exploring personally and watching it evolve. But I think what it really comes down to is getting into a place where you're kind to yourself and where internally you treat yourself with the same love and compassion and support that you treat your friends and your loved ones and your pets. And I think a lot of us get into this space of doing the opposite. And it can be really, really painful, actually, when you really start to see the extent of your your negative treatment towards yourself, even if it's just thoughts in your head. Once you start looking at that, it can almost be shocking. And it's kind of like, wow, like, not only is this really harsh, but like, this negative energy, this criticism, like, is this even a part of me? Like, do I have this within me? Like, where's this coming from? And that's been really challenging for me to look at and understand. And I think that I think that we, for me, at least, it's been a process of taking, again, like we said before, like really little baby steps to figure out how I move myself out of that space and into just a gentler, more open space so that I can begin to nurture that relationship with myself. It's almost like recovering from something really intense. Like if you're really sick or something really bad happened, like you're not going to bounce back straight away. You're going to have like a slow, gentle process of restoring back to your baseline. And that's kind of how I've looked at it, which is like, okay, I've been really hard on myself and I still am and I can't change it all at once. But I can treat this as like a slow, gentle little unfolding where I can catch these little moments or find these little opportunities to really be kind to myself and make myself feel the way that I want to feel. And it's almost always something internally. It's almost always just what's going on in my own head and my own awareness and my ability to like take a deep breath and kind of like focus on my heart and see if I can try to channel some love or positivity towards myself. And it's a challenge all the time. But the more you're able to do that, the more you get this inner core of stability. Because I think that knowing that we're going to be there for ourselves is so comforting. And I think it's a really underrated thing that we often forget about because we're like really often thinking about what other people think about us. But then when you really get down to it, it's like, well, what about what I think about me? And what if Mm -hmm. I supported myself no matter what other people thought, then it wouldn't matter what other people thought. So maybe it's really just about my relationship with me for right now. And so yeah, it's a fascinating topic. I'm still kind of uncovering it for myself. But that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I've heard this phrase so many times that you probably have too, is that what other people think of you is none of your business. And I think that when you start to internalize that, what other people think is none of your business, and that you'll never really know what they think in the first place, that makes it that much easier to um, be your own best friend, you know, and strengthen your relationship with yourself. And you're right. It's about that self-esteem and loving yourself and saying, you know what, 
I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but I'm a work in progress and I'm moving forward and I'm getting better every day. You know, whatever that affirmation is, that's going to keep you going because all of us talk to ourselves. You know, I personally have no problem admitting here or anywhere else that I talk to myself aloud every day, several times a day. That is me. I'm not crazy. It doesn't make me weird. And if it does make me weird, then I'll be that because that's what I need to do. Sometimes when I talk aloud to myself, it's not as kind as it should be. But most of the time, I'm just trying to keep on track because I've got so many irons in the fire that I'm trying to accomplish so many things that I'm trying to do as a, you know, self-described goal getter. So yeah, I talk to myself aloud and we're all talking to ourselves all the time, even if it's not allowed. Most of us, it's not allowed. <laughs> and we are saying things to ourselves and our voice, Jessica, is always the loudest. It's always the loudest, you know, because even if we're taking in what other people have said to us, good, bad, or indifferent, we're the ones that amplify it. You know what I'm saying? We're the ones that are talking to ourselves the loudest. So you've got to give yourself and feed yourself that proper narrative. Oh, for sure. And yeah, people do talk about talk to us and we can get some of that positive affirmation from people around us. But the problem is if what they're saying to us is out of sync with what we're saying to ourselves. So if someone's telling me that I'm amazing and I'm telling myself the opposite, It's going to feel good very briefly when they say it to me. It's then going to roll off and I'm going to immediately then, the minute it rolls off, I'm going to start searching for the next person to say it to me versus in that in-between space, being able to hear it, take it in, feel you know grateful that that person shared that with me and then continue to feel stable and strong in the core of who I am. And so... Yeah, it's it's really, really powerful. I think it's really hard. And I think it's kind of one of the challenges of the human experience. And I think also, you know, depending, everyone's different. But I think a lot of women really struggle with this, because we have so many reasons to be self critical that we get from culture and the media. And it kind of just messes that up even further. But I do think that that's kind of the journey that a lot of us are on. And for me, a lot of it has been just about accepting where I am and (laughs) accepting that it's going to be a long unfolding journey. And that's okay, too. Absolutely. Let's talk about our own innate strengths and talents that we all have. You know, how does that play into building our self-confidence? So this is so huge and so important. And I really love talking about this because I think a lot of people, whatever they're doing in life, it's not necessarily super common or super frequent that we get feedback or that people are really helping us learn about ourselves and understand what our gifts are and what our talents are. And so I think that we all, you know, we all have our own unique DNA, but I believe there's kind of this other DNA that's the things that we're really good at. And it's this unique combination of our skills and our talents and our world experiences. And it's never replicable by anyone else because we're all so incredibly different. And that's one of the things that's so special about it. But I think a lot of us don't really know what it is. We might have a sense of like, I'm sort of good at one thing or sort of good at another thing, but we don't tend to spend a lot of time thinking about like, okay, what are my skills? What are the things that when I do them, I really shine? And these are so powerful for propelling us forward because 
when something is a strength, it comes naturally to you. And so when you're hitting on these things and using these things, it's energizing you and it's fueling you through the challenge. So you're working on something difficult, but you're not having that feeling of treading water. It's like you're riding the waves and you might be expending energy and you might be tired at the end, but you're also being pushed forward by these innate gifts that you have so that when you get to the end and you finish that, you feel really good and you have a sense of satisfaction and just like this inner good feeling. And I think knowing what those things are and knowing what contexts we can bring them out in is just enormously helpful because then we can be hitting on them more and more. And we can also be using them to help us get through situations that are very difficult for us. And I think that can give us confidence too, because I think oftentimes when something is hard or we're about to do something difficult, our brain really likes to focus on the dread and sort of that like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this type of feeling? And if you can go into those knowing what you're really good at, then the inner dialogue looks more like, okay, this is definitely going to be hard. This is not going to be easy. But I know I've always known that I'm really good at this and this and this. And I'm going to try to use those to help me get through it. So now I feel a little bit better because now it's like instead of me like white water rafting upstream with no paddle, I have like four paddles and I'm going to use those to help me make progress. And so it it really helps you. And I think that it's so important for all of us to spend time getting to know what we're good at, because it's going to help us be more successful. And as we see our gifts manifesting in the world, as we work on things, and as we bring them out, it proves to us that they're there, that they're real, that they're really a part of us that we can always rely on. And that gives us courage to aim higher and try difficult things. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Dorie. I told you that her energy was so inspirational, and I hope that you felt that the way that I did. I really loved talking with her. If you've made it this far, thank you. We are getting towards the end of the year, so Christmas and New Year's are coming up. So I'm going to be taking a little bit of a holiday break to give myself some downtime to get ready for the new year and to get ready to wrap up season three. So you will have another interview coming out during the new year in 2020. But I do have some bonus content coming out over the next couple of weeks because there was a listener who sent me a message asking for help with meetings. And meetings are something that I have done a lot of and they're a huge, huge, huge part of the work that I do. And so I have a little mini series on some of my best tips and advice for running meetings, especially when they're big, messy, challenging, disorganized meetings. I share some of the things that I've learned that I found really helpful. So if that's a part of your career and your job, definitely check those out. I want to thank you so, so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. And thank you so much to those of you who have rated and reviewed the show. It means so much to me and I really get a jolt of contentment and excitement when I see that there's another rating for the show because I put a lot of my heart into the show and I kind of just launch it out into the world. And when I see that come back, whether it's in the form of a review or a message, it just feels really good. So thank you so much. I hope that you have an incredible holiday. I hope you have lots of quiet time and time to reflect and time to recharge for the new year. I can't wait to catch you in the bonus episodes and the regular full-length episodes that will be back in the new year. And with that, I'm going to sign off and catch you soon. Bye!